The New York Islanders have some issues they need to iron out. We're going to talk about some of those courtesy of a listener email today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can also now listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast on SiriusXM. Just go to the XX, SXM app, say that ten times fast, and uh, search for Locked On Islanders. We have got plenty to talk about on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a subject you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on everything this important offseason. Hirings, firings, trade rumors, uh, the draft, free agency, you name it, we have it covered for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And that's one of the places we are going to begin a little news out there on Scott Mayfield. And this news comes from Elliot Friedman who is, of course, the Sportsnet insider. And, you know, Elliot Friedman always well-connected around the league. And usually, you know, when he reports something, I find that to be very reliable. Well, here's the deal, Elliot Friedman basically indicating, uh, I've heard the Islanders want to keep Scott Mayfield very badly. They just don't know if they can. And while that may or may not seem like news off the top of somebody's head, it is, and there's a number of reasons to add to it. First of all, Lou Lamorello in his long belated press conference basically said, we certainly like Scott back. He was unequivocal, direct to the point, He wants Mayfield back. But one thing that happened late last week, and that one is that Damon Severson, uh, 
formerly of the New Jersey Devils, traded, signed, and then traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So he stays in the division, but he was also considered the number one uh, right-handed, certainly, uh, defenseman who was potentially going to be a free agent. He is now off the board. So what does that mean? Well, among other things, it means that the price for Scott Mayfield probably just went up a little bit. And that probably lowers his possibility of being with the Islanders. Now, one thing that may be important in figuring out if the Islanders can keep Mayfield, if they can bring back Pierre Engvall, if they can bring back Semyon Varlamov, and that's the future situation concerning Josh Bailey. Bailey, the one good thing that the Islanders have, Bailey has a $5 million cap hit, but his salary is only $3.5 million. And if Lou Lamorello can figure out a way to get Bailey's cap hit completely off the books, he probably can re-sign Mayfield, probably Zach Parise, and or, well, or Semyon Varlamov. Again, it's going to depend on the price that they're going to get. And look, we know that Mayfield was on a very team-friendly deal up until this point. And that sort of leaves us with two things. One of them is that Mayfield is probably not going to get another chance to get a big contract. This is his opportunity. So while he may give the Islanders a slight hometown discount, it's not going to be a big one. And you got to figure Mayfield is going to cost the Islanders somewhere between 3 and $5 million a year to bring back. Whether he's worth that or not is perhaps a different question. But at the present time, uh, you know, I think that the move by the Blue Jackets to get Severson off the board just makes the demand for Scott Mayfield go even higher. And when you add the fact that Mayfield is pretty reliable defensively and, you know, 6'5", 225 almost, uh, you know, those stay-at-home right-handed defensemen, not easy to come by. And it'll be interesting to see how Lou Lamorello ends up playing it and whether or not he prioritizes the, uh, you know, bringing back Scott Mayfield. My hunch is he will, but I'm not necessarily saying that that is the right move. By the way, now you can also vote for the Bob Nystrom Award, and that is the player on the Islanders that exemplifies leadership, hustle, and dedication uh, the, the award has been given out every year since 1991 when Brent Sutter won the very first. Uh, Matt Martin has won it the most. He won it five years in a row from 2012 to 2016. 
won it again in 2019. Last year's winner, Zach Parise, and quite honestly, if I uh, had uh, an idea as to who I would vote for, it would again be Zach Parise. I think he is far and away the guy who hustles and does things the right way and is physical and was productive. So to me, if I'm giving up the, out the Bob Nystrom Award, Zach Parise is at the top of my list. But I want to hear who you think deserves the Bob Nystrom Award this year. And you can go to the Islanders' official website to vote. So uh, please do that. But uh, I'd love to hear it. We're going to put up a poll on our YouTube page. And you can vote as to who you think should get the Bobby Nystrom Award. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. When we come back, we'll answer one of your email questions about some of the things the Islanders definitely need to work on this offseason and sort of break down how we got there. We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you could be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, we have an email. Uh, This is from John in Belmore. And he talks about two things. He says, for me, there were two major frustrations with the Islanders. And I would hope both are relatively easy to correct. Would love to see some stats on both if you could find them. And then he goes on and lists two things. Number one, passing. As a longtime Islander viewer, I can't recall a season where the Islanders' passing was worse in general. It's not only giveaways, which there were plenty, but especially in the neutral zone and on the power play. Putting aside whether or not the Islanders made the correct pass, which I felt often was not the case, especially on the power play, just making clean passes when uncontested seemed to be a challenge. Would love your thoughts on this, as it is subjective but something I think the team needs to correct, especially when you lack speed to move the puck with your legs. John, let's start with this issue. You're right. Passing is definitely an issue for the New York Islanders. And one way we measure that is that the Islanders were 22nd in the league in goals scored, but 25th in the league in assists which means their passing or their ability to set up goals was not as good as their ability 
to score goals. Now, it's not a huge number. It's not like they were 10th in scoring and 30th in uh, assists. But you would think that the numbers should be closer. And part of this could be a number of unassisted goals or goals with only one assist. But the Islanders scored 242 goals in 82 games and had 388 assists. It is a number that needs to be improved. And, you know, you've heard me talk every day, as you understand, you've heard me talk throughout this offseason that this team needs to get younger, faster, and more skilled. And the passing is definitely part of the more skilled. And, you know, you brought up what Lou Lamorello said about, you know, speed, in, or you alluded to it, uh, John, in, in his press conference, where he said, you know, you can move the puck, you could, you know, speed could be moving the puck fast. And, yeah, that was a little bit of a, a cover-up kind of a statement where, you know, we may not be able to get a lot of faster skaters on this team, so I'm going to say this to try to make fans feel a little better. Okay. I can, I can understand that. But part of the problem is that this team, and I saw it on Twitter throughout the season, struggled to put two or three passes together. And, you know, that leads to turnovers. That leads to good scoring opportunities going the other way because players are out of position. And certainly on the power play, which as we all know, ranked 30th in the league, not being able to move the puck quickly and efficiently creates all kinds of problems. So to me, yeah, passing is an issue and it's something this team needs to improve upon. And, you know, look, there are a number of ways to increase your offensive output even if you don't bring in that 40-goal sniper that this team needs so badly. And just working on better passing. And part of it is execution, and part of it is also strategy. So, again, to me, uh, John, you hit this right on the head, and it just becomes a question of working on this throughout the offseason, have a defined strategy of breakout patterns that work, of passing plays, preset plays, like you have the backdoor play. They need a bunch of plays that they can go to that just work and allow you to, to get the job done when you've got the puck and you're in a pinch Without even thinking about it, you know, hey, boom, this is a play we execute, this is where the puck goes, this is where the player goes, and we move on. Now, the second issue that John from Belmore brings up is finishing. The other frustration, he writes, was their ability to finish. It seemed to me the only player on this team that was able to finish this year was Brock Nelson. Outside of Brock, it seemed like breakaways, shootout attempts, and other high-probability scoring chances were missed across the board. The Islanders just couldn't seem to finish when they had their chances, and I think this needs to improve for sure. Again, John, you're right on the nose. And Islanders in shooting percentage, 20th in the league. 
9.6% of their shots found the back of the net. They only won one game all year in shootouts. We talked about that, losing, what was it, five, I believe. And breakaways are not a strong point of this team. And so one of the things I did when I got your question was I looked at who was leading the team in shooting percentage. And here, here are the crazy numbers. Robin Sallow had the highest shooting percentage on the Islanders, but he only had nine shots on goal. Two of them went in. He only played 11 games. Too small a sample size, not going there. Who do you think was the next highest player in shooting percentage this year? Hudson Fashion with 16.4. Then you go to Brock Nelson with 16.2. And then in Pierre Engvall, again, very small sample size, five goals in 31 shots. Who's next? The next two guys on this list, Simon Holmstrom, who only took 39 shots on goal all year and scored on six of them. And then Cal Clutterbuck, who only took 44 shots in 49 games and scored on six of them. Then you get into your Anders Lee, Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parise. But the fact that so many of the guys, you, you've got a, a, you know, a, a third or fourth line forward. You've got you know, Nelson, and then you've got a third liner in Holmstrom, a fourth liner in Clutterbuck all near the top, and then the guys who you're counting on to score not as high, that is a concern. And if you're wondering, as an Islander, Bo Horvat, 8.1%. That was not as good as Matt Martin, J.G. Pajot, Josh Bailey, and Matthew Barzal, 10.1%. Not great, but acceptable if he would shoot a little bit more. You know, again, things the Islanders need to work on. Shooting better, more accurately, and let's face it, shooting more often. Because, you know what, even if the shot percentage stays the same, you add another 10 shots on goal per week, that's an extra goal per week. And it's something this team can do and can work on and needs to improve. So uh, thank you very much to John from Belmore for these questions. I think your observations are spot on. And this team needs to improve. 22nd in goals, 25th in assists, 20th in shooting percentage, 30th on the power play. These are numbers this team needs to be better at, and hopefully they will. We have got more to get to on today's show. We continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders roster with Parker Wotherspoon. What was his season like besides relatively brief, and what is his future like with the Islanders? We'll talk about that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So... Parker Wotherspoon, every day as we continue our player-by-player analysis of this roster. Parker Wotherspoon made his NHL debut this year, 
played in 12 games for the Islanders, had one assist, was a plus five for penalty minutes, averaged 13 minutes, 20 seconds of ice time, seven block shots in 12 games, eight hits, and four takeaways, only one giveaway, by the way, for Parker Wotherspoon. And, you know, the other thing about uh, Wotherspoon is, you know, he still spent some time down in Bridgeport. And Wotherspoon seemingly finding his game a little bit more offensively. Uh, In 2021-2022, 24 points in 57 games with Bridgeport. This year, 12 points in 27 games and a plus 12. So here's a guy, 6'1", 190, Pretty decent size, left-handed defenseman. And, you know, Wotherspoon is competent and better in his own zone than he is offensively, but starting to produce a little bit more when he has the puck, especially in the AHL. And the, the, the question becomes, you know, what is his role with the Islanders? And I think at this point, we're still talking about a guy who is probably your seventh or eighth defenseman where, you know, if Mayfield stays, you got Bolduke and Wotherspoon kind of fighting Sebastian Ajo for that last spot. And that's assuming the Islanders don't bring anybody else in. At this stage in his career, Parker Wotherspoon is already 25. He will turn 26 in August. So, to me, with Wotherspoon, what you've got is a a very good AHL player who is more or less at this stage a fill-in NHL player who you don't have to worry about that much if you have to put him in the lineup for a couple of games. But is he one of your top six As of right now, I would have to say the answer to that is no. And it would take a very, very strong camp and or some significant injuries to the players ahead of him on the depth chart to get Parker Wotherspoon into the lineup on a day-to-day basis. I would say at this point, this year uh, is more or less his last opportunity to get to that next level and just show that he can be a prospect. Now, he is right now an unrestricted free agent group six because he doesn't play enough games by the time he hit 25 in the NHL to stay with the team. So the Islanders would need to re-sign him. They do risk losing him, and it wouldn't shock me. Uh, if he is not back with the Islanders because it would just take one team to say, hey, Parker Wotherspoon, here's a little bit more money than the Islanders can afford, and Wotherspoon would probably right now be wise to take a team up on that offer so that he can get himself to the next level possibly get a little more ice time in the NHL if he could find a team with those kind of needs. 
Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And today is the 23rd birthday of current Islanders winger Oliver Wallstrom. The Portland, Maine native, a first-round pick. Remember when the Islanders used to have those? Of the Islanders, 11th overall back in 2018. Made his NHL debut in 2019-2020. And has been with the Islanders since 2020-2021. Still, you know, in 161 career games, 32 goals, 61 points, 131 penalty minutes. Add uh, three points, a goal and two assists in five playoff games. Wallstrom coming off the injury that ended his season after just 35 games. A pivotal year ahead for him. We're going to go back and look at one of his better moments with the Islanders. We take you back to Game 4 of the Islanders' first-round playoff series in 2021 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Islanders down in the series two games to one. This is Game 4 at the Old Barn, the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, and the Islanders and Penguins going at it. Tristan Jarry in goal for Pittsburgh. The Islanders have Ilya Sorokin in between the pipes. And in this game, Oliver Wallstrom gets his first career playoff goal and ends up with an assist as well. The goal comes at even strength and it gives the Islanders, helps them with a 4-1 win. It was the Islanders' third goal of this game and it was unassisted for Oliver Wallstrom. So Wally is our Islanders' birthday of the day. And I will say, again, that his development is going to be vital for the New York Islanders heading into this upcoming NHL season. I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we continue our player-by-player look at the Islanders' William Dufour, probably, you know, if not the top, one of the top two or three prospects in the Islanders organization. What are his chances of making the roster this year? What are his strengths and weaknesses? What is his future role with the organization? We're going to break all of that down for you and a lot more on tomorrow's show. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. And of course, let's go Islanders.